everyone. It's Andre from The Mental Elf, and I'm here with Rodrigo Heng Leitonen. He's Executive Director of the National Center for Trans Equality. Welcome, Rodrigo. Thank you so much for having me. So you spoke yesterday about the health disparities that face LGBTQ plus people. And it was quite shocking, the stuff that you were talking about there in your, in your speech. Do you want to kind of summarize some of that data for us, please? Yeah, it is quite shocking. I mean, people don't think, uh, when people think of LGBT people, they maybe think of the Pride Festivals and things like that, and less so about what it is to live as openly LGBT in your day-to-day life and do, you know, maybe mundane things like just go to the doctor. So I'll give two statistics. One is about transgender people in particular. Um, We found in the biggest study on this that roughly one out of every three transgender people had encountered discrimination in healthcare in the last year. And that discrimination was everything from being outright turned away by a medical provider when they disclosed that they were trans, or being physically or sexually assaulted in a healthcare setting, or facing some other kind of discrimination. And again, that was in the last year of the survey. That wasn't in a person's lifetime. So for one out of three trans people to have had that in one year, I mean, it's shocking. It really blows you away. And you think how many people have experienced it, you know, maybe in their last five years. So a lot of trans people delay going to the doctor, even though that has nothing, you know, the medical issue might have nothing to do with being trans. It might be the flu. It might, you know, be a can- routine cancer screening, um, things that would affect any person regardless of their gender identity. A lot of trans people will wait and wait and wait to go to the doctor until they absolutely have to because of all of those hardships. And then the other thing I would say is from uh, from another part of the community, so LGBT people, lesbian, gay, bi, you know, people who are um, marginalized in terms of their sexual orientation, a study from the American Psychological Association, the APA, found that 15% uh, reported having avoided disclosing their sexual orientation to their doctor in the last year. So that, and it was because of fear of discrimination. They um, thought that something would happen to them if their doctor found out their sexual orientation. So they went out of their way to um, avoid the doctor finding out, so to speak. And I think that really demonstrates the fear again. You know, like it really paints a picture of a community feeling like healthcare is not something they can access when they need it, but instead feeling like it's. Um, a risk even to take to just see a doctor. So the obvious next question is what can health professionals do to support LGBTQ plus people? Well, the good thing is that there, there's plenty of stuff doctors can do. This is a very solvable uh, problem. There's things you can do in your own practice, whatever kind of healthcare um, you're engaged in, or even healthcare research. And then there's advocacy you can do to help the bigger, more systemic issues. In terms of your own practice, one of the most practical things you can do is update your intake forms. Um, A lot of transgender people especially uh, go by one name in our daily lives, but that's not on our driver's license, and it's certainly not on our insurance card. Um, And that creates uh, bureaucratic chaos at the very least, but it also is... um, 
it makes it, it's also communicates something more psychologically where, you know, if you feel like you can't even use your own name um, going to the doctor, you're going to be so much less comfortable. If you, if the form simply has a field that says maybe it's preferred name um, and then another field for legal name, oh, it makes the person just feel so much more welcome and accepted. And like, that's going to be less stigmatized for them. Um, and if you're doing research, any kind of healthcare research, um, think about how you ask gender questions. So um, maybe consider adding, if you're asking people, you know, are you a man or a woman or a male or female, consider adding an option for non-binary, which is people who don't identify as neither a man or a woman. And consider asking a question like, are you transgender, just yes or no? It can be that simple, that basic, um, because most other data collection doesn't have a way for people to share it. Um, though we do recommend making that question optional because people are fearful of discrimination, right? And so they might not feel comfortable disclosing. So making it optional um, is helpful. But yeah, those are some things you can do um, in your practice or in your research. For anyone who works in behavioral health in any way, it's really, really helpful if you can speak out in favor of LGBT rights using your institutional affiliation when you can. So maybe you're um, part of a chapter of some kind of medical association Association. Um, maybe you're in some kind of a conglomerate of researchers or affiliated with a university. If you can get that institution, big or small, to pass a resolution, let's say, um, supporting transgender youth healthcare access, it's really powerful. You know, definitely don't underestimate the credibility that comes with your institutional affiliation. Um, it's amazing if you can do that on actual bills, on actual legislation um, in real time. But if you feel like that's a bridge too far, maybe too political for your institution to handle, even doing something that's a little more broad, that's just, you know, we, we think no one should face discrimination in healthcare, so we support all our LGBT patients. You know, even something that's um, broader like that can still send a really strong message that's very, very helpful um, for setting the tone in our country. And I want to finish off just by asking you to reflect a bit more broadly. You know, obviously throughout the history of humans, there have been LGBTQ plus people. Um, but what's happened in the last few years is, we, is we've seen this kind of opening up awareness, understanding, acceptance, I'm interested in your thoughts on the kind of pros and cons of that, because there's obviously been some negative impact that that opening up has had. But where do you think we are in our kind of evolution on this issue? It's quite a paradox. Like you're saying, we're in this new visibility, but there's also a backlash that comes with visibility. So I really view this as two parts of the same coin. But yeah, we are seeing that we're really in the first generation in a very, very long time that openly talks about LGBT issues. Um, and by I mean first in a long time, I mean like first since like some ancient civilizations mm -hmm. or something, you know, we're going way far back. Uh, but like you said, LGBT people have already always existed in all cultures around the world and that's documented. Um, but there's centuries where we maybe felt like we couldn't openly disclose that. And now that is changing. So it is really quite remarkable, the pace of change that we're experiencing in our lifetimes. 
um, from a historical perspective, this is leaps and bounds. Um, LGBT people are becoming more visible than ever. And that is fostering more acceptance. Um, the difficult part is that progress is uneven. You don't just get more visibility and suddenly the people around you go, okay, now we love you and see you for who you are. Instead, you, you become more visible. Some people react that good way and some people just actually get more angry um, for seeing you for the first time, so to speak. So I think the moment we're in now is a moment of high visibility and with the good and the bad that comes with it, doing a push and pull at the same time. Um, so we are seeing increased attacks on transgender people in particular because of this visibility. And by attacks, I mean both in policy with legislation that's actually targeting trans people and in physical attacks, um, uh, uh, threats of assault or even actual murders um, are tragically going up, especially of black transgender women. So visibility does come at quite a high cost, especially for some of us more than others. Um, but I think that is almost like a uh, period in a movement's development. And then after we get past this, then it will be much wider acceptance. We will get past the backlash. The, but the thing is, in this period, in this meantime, lives are hanging in the balance. So I'm confident we will get there. But will we get there in 10 years, 50 years, 100 years? I don't know. And in the meantime, people are getting hurt. So it's really on us to do this advocacy to shrink that window of time where we have that backlash and get over that hump and get to the good part because um, people's safety is on the line in the meantime. And taking that one step further, you know, there's a job that you're doing now in terms of rights, basic human rights for people. And I get that there's a you know, 10 year, 20 year, whatever it might be, time scale on that potentially. But then just broadly as humans, when we think about gender, when we think about men and women, is that going to become an outdated concept as well? You know, where are we going long term with this? Such an interesting question. Certainly language is changing all the time. Um, but I don't know that gender in and of itself is changing. It's more how open we are about our experiences, how self-reflective we feel like we can be. Um, I think the culture around gender is certainly opening up a lot more options for people. But really it's more about putting words and acceptance around genders that already existed and just were stigmatized or hidden. So I, I think it's less about gender itself changing and more about us just getting more open and honest and maybe relaxed <laughs> about the reality we were already experiencing and finally having some words to put to things. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.